You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Maybe I'm crazy, but I am completely done feeling bad for the Saints. I'm done. They get the back call. It was back call, but I'm done. We're done here. We're done here. Maybe I'm Casey. Maybe I'm Casey. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. That's the newly married Brandon Newman. Hola! Got rings and things. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Uh, congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for being there and, and, and rocking out and, and vibing with the whole fam. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having us. It was yes. a it was a great time in Sarasota, Florida. Um, there's some pictures up if yes. you uh, if you haven't seen any of them. Yes, they're on both our pages and Maybe I'm Crazy yeah. Pod. It's a beautiful seen, ceremony. Yes, people say I look good. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate y'all. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to my brother QB Fitness. Got me and Michelle right a little workout plan. Yeah. You know what I mean, got me from I went from like 323 to like 285 after the wedding. I celebrated a little bit. I'm up like 10 pounds. But you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get down to like two two seventy first. But you know you're summer. married now, so it doesn't matter. No, yeah, that's on me. Yeah, yes, it's for me. I'm, I'm losing weight for y'all now. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it was a great time. Thank uh, you. Welcome back. And uh, we've got a lot today. There's actually a yeah. lot, ton going on right now. Earl Watson. Shouts out to my fiance. Squat, squat. joining us today. Fam, fam. Um, family. Going to talk uh, NBA and March Madness and tell some good stories. Uh, we got to talk about the big baller brand situation. Yeah. Um, a little WrestleMania in the show today. Okay. Uh, Lakers coaching situation. Gronk is retiring. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, the Saints are on my nerves. Uh, Zion Williamson, of course. Um, a little New York Giants and uh, and some other stuff as well. But let's get started with Earl. All right. Fiance is in the house. Hey. Squad, hey, squad. My name is Earl. Earl. Yeah. Earl Watson. <laughs> the homie oh, Earl. Thanks. Yes. yes. Um, thank you for joining us yes. again. Um, and actually, this is the first time that you've seen Brandon since since the wedding. Yeah, congrats. Man. Yeah, no, yeah. appreciate see, you. Appreciate I see you, you with the ring on. Not, come on, I mean. The, the, the No Limit <laughs> Master P. Beanie <laughs> so on. crazy, you know what I'm saying? $6 saying? Amazon, you know, fit me or whatever. Camo you know what mode mean. is dope. <laughs> 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 don't throw the jokes. The no, no, that's, that's compliment. No, no, I, I grew know, up, I I grew know, up I listening to Master P. He's no, one of my closest friends, mentor. You know, No Limit regular first to actually do it. You know, entrepreneur. Why are you coming at me like I'm I got really the hookup part two is coming out. The hookup part two is not coming out. Yes, 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 it's coming out. You, you involved? I wish I was. He didn't call me for that one. Oh though. man! But he called me to train his Master son. Master P's a hooper though. He called me to train his son. Okay. He called oh. me. He didn't call me for the investment. Like you, know. you got, you got, you got young P. Miller to yeah, young Hersey. He's good. Young per- Percy yeah, to the USC. Game. Yeah, uh, no, I don't know about that, but he's good. <laughs> <laughs> he played for USC. No, that's that's the older son. It's the younger son in high school. Oh. He has See, another I don't even son, mind Percy Miller. You know, I mean? you know what I mean? Let me back off. You know what I'm saying? But shouts out to y'all. You know what I mean? Appreciate y'all coming through <laughs> for the wedding. You know what I mean? Y'all, the wedding was great. Y'all was hanging out with my cousin TT, who's who yes. trying to get on No Limit yeah, Two. Yeah, shout probably, out to TT. You know what I mean? Yeah, the real one. TT yeah. is Team Joy. <laughs> She's the realest one in the family. Why? Y'all, what is this? Like. She's, I put her next to y'all because I feel like y'all y'all need to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You need some, some real, you know what I'm saying? No, little it was ratchet. a good time, though. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I cried. 
I'm not gonna lie. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, Michelle's I didn't vows were very good. She she killed me on the vows. You know what I'm saying? I kind of wrote my vows kind of last second. I wanted to, I wanted the photographer to get them. You know what I'm saying? They got me writing. You know what I'm saying? Sweating <laughs> out there. You know you know I'm a content guy. I be thinking. When do all the, when does all the content come out? You know what? I'm not gonna put people on blast right now, but I've been refreshing my emails, and I'm like, uh, does this usually take time like this? It does. Like, it, 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 it take a little time. They want to okay. get it right, you know, okay. get all the filters right. Well, we're still waiting. Anyway, um, thanks for joining us, yeah. Earl. Thanks for having me. Um, so the the March Madness is in full effect yeah. right now, and everyone's talking about Zion and Ja and R.J. Barrett mm-hmm. and obviously Taco Fall, and that game was great. We, had, we were watching it, and. Uh, recently, Paul Pierce said that Zion is a top 50 basketball player in the world right now. Currently. Yeah, right now. What, what do you think about that? I think that's tough to give it to him right now. I think what he's seeing is the progression and potential of his game. He's so unique. He is not um, an analytic type of guy where analytics are all about skill from beyond the three. But he is kind of because everything he does is at the rim. So that's that's a powerful analytic. Where he's going to have to improve on is making free throws because at the next level he should get to the free throw line six to ten times per game. He's going to eventually have to, have to develop a three-point shot. The mid-range is never going to be there because he's so athletic. You want to just get to the rim and just finish and get to the free throw line. So how analytics work in the NBA is the layup and dunk is the best shot, points per possession. And then after that, you usually get fouled, so free throw is second, and then corner three is third. Anything outside on the arc, you really don't want to take that shot unless you James Harden, Devin Booker, or Kyrie Irving. And even then, that point per possession is kind of similar to anything below one is, is not good. So is it is it kind of disrespectful to guys who are in the league who have – develop their skill to a higher level to say that Zion is better than them right now? Is that a, not maybe not disrespectful? Is it a bit reactionary in the moment? I think Paul is a servant. He sees it, and guys in the league mm. used to take that as disrespect, but now with social media and with the – you know, the fanfare of creating images, I think is good for the sport of basketball because we talk about it a lot, is who's the next face of the NBA? Like, we can we can hate on LeBron all we want. We hate it on Kobe. But when Kobe left, we was like, damn, what's next? Right. And then LeBron came whoa, like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said that? When, when Kobe left? Man, when Kobe left, the whole league was kind of like hurt. He had the greatest basketball commercial for a retirement. People that booed him, cheered him. You didn't like Kobe? No, 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 no. But but it, LeBron was still there. I don't think we're at a loss as much as we are looking at the landscape and saying who is next when LeBron hangs it up. Let, let me say this. Without the Celtics and the Lakers being relevant, the NBA is painfully hurt. Mm. You look at it now, the Lakers haven't been the same since Kobe really retired, even though we have LeBron. Bron has to get to the playoffs. Kyrie has to have an amazing playoff run for the Celtics to be great. Mm-hmm. The NBA need those two franchises to be successful, especially if not the Knicks, if that makes sense. So John Morant had an incredible first round, and then obviously, you know, they have its team game, so he did what he could. Yes. How do you think he translates to the NBA? Uh, high basketball skill. His three-point shooting has improved from the first year to the second year. Points per game, I think, plus 15. Um, he has a two-to-one assist ratio. I think it's like 10 assists, five turnovers. That's going to go down. Point guards need more experience. The toughest positions to play in the league at any level is the point guard position and the center position because point guard position in the NBA, you have so many sets, so many options, so many great you know, opposing players on other team you have to defend, 
and you have to keep everyone together. You become a therapist in the huddles mm-hmm. and in the timeouts and in the locker room, and then you also have to find your game. Center position is a man's game, the strength and the size. You can't teach the grown man strength, and you can't teach weight room for 15 years. You have to, like, develop into that. So he's going to be great. His IQ is high. He's a savant. He's beyond his years. He can pass with both hands, and he finishes well above the rim. What's a team that would that could use him? Because I mean, he's, he's supposed to go high. Any team could use him, but I think this draft is more of a needs draft. And what I mean by that, if the Knicks get him, do they really need him? They don't need him. So they're going to take the number one pick. The number one pick, if they get, is obviously Zion. Mm -hmm. But if you're absolutely going to get KD and you're going to get Kyrie and you think you have a great chance, I'm trading that number one pick for Devin Booker. I'm just being honest because you want to come in. He's a young superstar. Walking you want to bucket. Walk in bucket. He just had 59 last night, and his confidence is supremely Easy. high, and he's beyond his years as far as maturity on and off the court. So I would trade that pick for him, and if I couldn't get him, I'd keep Zion and develop. And you got to say, is, is, the, is the Zion pick worth a Devin Booker? Devin Booker can handle New York City. He can handle the, the, you know, the, the pressures. He played at Kentucky. He loves, to, he loves the responsibility of ending games. And you can't tell me with a lineup potentially of uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Devin Booker mm. in New York. That's not championship quality right there. For years to come. Okay, I understand. I, I think it really is cute talking about both those guys going to the Knicks. But I think it's cute because there's no way that Kyrie is going anywhere but with his old homeboy LeBron. I think I think get the squad back together. Kyrie joins the Lakers. Get whatever other extra piece you need. And that's a championship team if they're healthy. The way Kyrie and LeBron broke up, it was like a bad breakup. And sometimes you have a bad breakup and you just got to go back to that past and like, hey, look. It was bad. I respect you. Thank you for everything you told me, but we can never be together again. And I think that's kind of like what you had with the Kyrie reaching back out to LeBron saying, I see what it is. And people are reading too much into that. People are reading too much into that because Kyrie does respect that, that time and that moment with LeBron. But one thing I know about Kyrie, he's very much confident in himself. I don't think he can ever go back and replace that. Like Kyrie to the Lakers doesn't make sense. Kyrie to New York, he's a he's an East Coast guy. He's played at Duke. That makes all the sense in the world. And if KD really isn't staying in Golden State, why wouldn't you put the two best skilled players in the NBA on the same team? Because Kevin Durant's still trying to be number one. He still wants to be seen as number one. You get him on a team with another guy who makes the shot. I think Kevin Durant is tired of being number two on his own team and in the NBA period. But I, I, I mean, I, I don't think that. Kyrie would be number one over KD if he was, he was in New York? I think I think Kyrie understands that he's a great 1A. Mm-hmm. Kevin understands that I can share with anyone. I'm already sharing with three or four guys now, but if I can just share with one more player and we go to New York and do something great, why not? So KD is a one in New York, but KD, KD's ego isn't like that. Mm. KD was my teammate the first two years of his career, he really is like a people person. Like this superstar status that people want him to live with and want him to act a certain way. KD's going to be KD. KD, he socializes with people. His rookie year, he's playing video games with local kids in the neighborhood before our game. Like, oh, yeah, I was playing video games with kids in the neighborhood and I came to the game. I'm like, what? Who does that? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just KD. But yeah. he, he is one of the best 
um, down-to-earth superstars that we have, and he's never going to ever be over-cocky or have this ego that exceeds off the court. Now, on the court, he's a beast. He's a monster. Mm -hmm. He's not going to talk a lot. You give him the ball, just get the hell out the way. But off the court, he's easy going, and sometimes he gets knocked for that, but it just he is who he is. You got to love it. Yeah, I think that KD's already shown that he can play with other people. And Kyrie, all the issues that they're having, that the Celtics are having, clearly shows that he's okay with being with somebody else that he that he can play with. Do you think the problems that the Celtics are having right now are because Kyrie, because of the system, or because of Kyrie's like leadership? Sometimes in the NBA, you can have too much, and if you have mm. too much, before players get, players always search for identity through style of play and through contract extensions. Your contract extension is going to give you identity. Meaning if I get paid X amount of millions, I already know what my role is. Can't tell me nothing less. Right. You paid me for this role. Right. You got a lot of players coming off the bench, or a lot of players who are with the Celtics who are young, who have yet to get their big money deal. And when you have that in the locker room, and this is what I'm hearing constantly without people saying it, like players saying it, you know, you have Kyrie talk about, you know, so many players want the ball at the end of the game, or whose team is mm -hmm. it? When you coach a superstar in the league, it's different from coaching a star. A star to me in the league is a young Tatum, is a, is a young Brown. A superstar is Kyrie Irving. Then they're done that solidified. That's a different conversation that the head coach, the GM, and all the coaching staff need to have. That's a conversation they need to get off the court to let him know and to you know go through him and go to dinners and connect beyond because right. superstars are, are very moody. Now, they're moody for a reason because they're that great and their mind has so much on it and mm -hmm. they see things a little bit deeper. Their mind connect and they can change and form and transform different things quickly in the game. So to me, going into the playoffs or as soon as possible, I'm hearing Kyrie saying he wants the head coach. And I'm not saying he didn't do it because I don't know. He wants Brad Stevens to put everyone in a room and tell them what their role is, even down to X amount of shots per Isn't game. Isn't it too late for that? It, it, it's never too late to make a change and to grow. Like, growth is never too late. Like, you want to start the season like that, and you were hoping a style of playing, you have enough good people where it will happen. But right mm -hmm. now, something has to change because you're going into the playoffs with a fractured team. If you don't fix the fracture and put a cast on it, it's going to break. And that's what you're getting right now with the Celtics. Super talented, amazing coaching staff, one of the best closers the game has ever seen. Mm -hmm. But no one knows their role. Because Tatum is really that good. He's that good to carry a franchise. But you have to pick. You have to pick who's going to get the shot at the end of the game. Like, that's the hardest thing to do in a huddle when it's a minute 20 on the clock because you have this timeout clock that goes. Mm -hmm. It's a minute 20. It counts down until your timeout is over. And you got to look in the eyes of two players who really want that last shot. Right. And you got to say, uh, it's it's you. But when it you really should already know who would, who's going to take the last it, shot. It has to be Kyrie. Right. Kyrie all the time. Second option is always Tatum, but only if Kyrie can't get a shot. So if the Celtics can't get it together, who do you like in the East? I... I personally like the Raptors. I know I feel got like to. it's kind of a... You too? I said you got to. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the feeling on the Raptors is a little bit of a hangover of the last couple of years where, you know, LeBron was in the East, so they'd have an incredible regular season, and then they get to the playoffs, and, you know, we all know what happens. But I don't, I don't feel like sweet, it's the same sweet. team this year. 
Uh, the Raptors are going to be good because you can't teach this. You can't teach championship experience. You either have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. They have it with Kawhi and all the pieces they brought from Danny San Antonio. Green. Danny Green. And just they have a great deep. And Pascal's playing. He should be, like, most improved. He's playing amazing. Shout-outs to Rico Hines, my teammate out. from UCLA. Who's, I you, who's I, doing it big oh, right now. He, he, he's like this Dr. <laughs> Frankenstein of, of hoops, right? And then you have, to me, the Sixers who made big moves yeah. in the trade deadline. And it's a move that no one talks about. And I had this kid in the G League with the Spurs. Then the Spurs signed him, and he had an amazing playoff run and got paid. And now he found his way with the Sixers. Is Jonathan Simmons. He's oh, 6'6", yeah. an amazing mm-hmm. defender, an amazing playmaker, and he is confident. He doesn't care where he's from. He doesn't care what the status is. He is going at your heart. Right. It's like it's a heart check when he gets in the court. And he's going to be monumental in defending players, even point guards, one through three. So the Sixers have a chance to disrupt a lot of things. You got Milwaukee. I know. Everyone, everyone kind of just forgets about Milwaukee. You have Milwaukee. They you have limping, to respect they limping it. towards it because they, they have some injuries, and – do you trust that team with one, even one person out, one of those starters out? Well, the thing about the playoffs is different because in the playoffs, teams can really lock in and take away first and second options. Yep. Okay. I think when you headed into the playoffs, this is significant. Your role players have to be playing at a high level. Your, your superstars are taking a mental break because they've been pushing all season. Mm-hmm. So mentally, what you're seeing a lot is a lot of superstars struggling because they're just mentally exhausted. And they're going to find a way to get refreshed for the playoffs. They're just dialing it down. And this is a time where you see the Spurs, role players, go off. Right. And he does it for a reason. Pop positions that for a reason. So these these role players for OKC, these role players for Toronto, these role players for all these teams, Boston making a playoff push. You gotta take you gotta take your game up. If you can't take your game up, then you need to be there for your superstar. And if not, you're gonna go into the playoffs and you can't turn it on. A role player cannot turn it on. Superstars mm. can. Speaking of the Spurs, are they gonna ruin someone's uh, playoff run? I mean, you can never count Pop out. To me, Pop is, you know, he's legendary. Well, we, do, we do every year. He's, yeah. he's constantly reinventing himself. He's constantly ahead of the game. He has his players playing at the highest level. And they're rolling right now. They're rolling yeah. right now. So anytime you play the Spurs, you got to say, we're going into this with a six to seven game series potentially. And if we sweep them, then we potentially might win the whole thing. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's that, it's that, it's that obvious to me. And the Spurs. The Spurs are dangerous right now, especially DeMar DeRozan. And LaMarcus Aldridge is playing out of his mind, as he usually does around this time every year. But what you're not seeing with the Celtics, or what you're seeing with the Philadelphia, the Sixers, and not the Celtics, are those role players are playing their role to the T. You see Jimmy Butler in the last two minutes of the fourth, taking he's taking all the shots. And everybody, everybody who's getting rebounds throwing back out to him. That's why I think the Sixers are more dangerous than anyone in the East right now because they're figuring it out right now going into the playoffs. I think, I think exactly what you're saying is the Sixers, they all know their role. There's yeah. not, you know, you just said Jimmy Butler down the stretch. There's not no fight over the ball with Ben Simmons or Embiid. They kind of know when it's time to go who to give the ball to. And Jimmy has that dominant personality, too, where you really don't have to say it because he's going to tell you in the locker room, mm-hmm. hey, yo, end of the game, that's, that's my shot. I appreciate all the work you're doing throughout the game. <laughs> like, set this set this pick and roll, right. let me make right. the play, and yeah. basically get the f*** out of my way. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it just is what it is. And you have players who have that personality. Mm-hmm. Then you have players like Kyrie who's highly enlightened. 
And, you know, he can say it that simple, but he's like, it's not my job to say it. It's the coach's job to say well, it. Well, Westbrook has that personality, and he's doing his best. I mean, he's, he's struggling really bad right now. Just don't uh, say it like that. I, Russ has that personality, but Russ has also matured at the point where he say, hey, Paul George, go. Like, it's, it's you're the best player in the world right now. I'm just happy to be beside you, but don't get it twisted. Like, if I get the shot, I'm shooting it. Like, it's just, it's just Russ. And I think Russ is struggling because he had an injury. Mm-hmm. He's worked his ass off all summer. And he plays so aggressively. And you're kind of seeing the same transformation with LeBron or any athletic player. When you get to a certain age, your body is starting to change. You can still jump mm-hmm. high, but not as high as you used to. You can still run fast, but not as fast as you used to. Those aches and the longevity of a season will catch up with you. So now is the time for athletic players in their late 20s, early 30s, is to dominate the elbows, similar to Kobe and Jordan, with the catch, without the dribble, conserve energy, yeah. get to the box, mm-hmm. find a way to be a playmaker and score in the paint and get to the free throw line. And then it's like it's almost like chess. And then as the fourth quarter come, the last three minutes, the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, now you have the ball in your hands and you're coming off pick and rolls, using all your energy to get to the rim, or using all your energy to get fouled and to make plays for others. Kobe learned that over the years through the triangle, which is natural, and MJ had it because of the triangle as well. Right. Why do you think Westbrook gets so much uh, gets so much? I mean, if you really look at the history of sports and the history of the black athlete, to me, Russell is one of the first in a long time to be the most outspoken, flamboyant athlete in the NBA. He started the dress. He started the fashion. He has a line at Barney's. He started like the, this is me, love me or hate me. Why not? In your face, right. loud, you know, when he had come to the game with a blazer and no shirt on, with a gold chain. Yeah. Like, you know, he had come dressed up as a custodial worker. Like, whatever he it's feels Halloween. like. Every game night's Halloween. You know, it's, it's yeah. just the UCLA way to, the UCLA way for, for athletes is to be very, you know, very, transformative and creative and beyond just whoever you Confident. are be that yeah. you know he comes from a bloodline of like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because we have to explain that as a lot of kids yes, right yeah, yeah. from uh yeah from Arthur Ashe from Jackie Robinson and you have these players who are just outspoken and just big big personalities so when he goes into these arenas he's easy to pick at but Russ is really one of the nicest people in the world he's really he has to be that edgy because he's really that nice in real life. Mm-hmm. So it's this extreme, and he understands he can't let his softness creep into the court. Yeah, I think I think everything you said is spot on. It's it's hard to figure out sometimes because all the things that Russ goes through as a player on the court, if it's easily happens to other players and other superstars as well. But it's like anytime Russ has anything off in his game, it's overly scrutinized, and it's because he's unapologetic. And unapologetic people are easier to come at because it's like, oh, I told you so. Right. This is what's I, we said that was going to happen because you play like this when other players play like this, and it's it's the same way. So you talk a lot about uh, roles. When did you first learn about roles in the NBA? Um, first time I learned about roles in the NBA was when my second year in the NBA at our gym was Jerry West, and ten games in we hired Hubie Brown, and. I was young and dumb, and I was like, damn, we hired a TNT guy, right? Right. He walks into the – and at the time, Bob Myers, who's the GM of Golden State, was my agent. What? Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm texting Bob like, yo, why the hell we hired a TNT guy? And Bob was like, he's not the TNT guy. Like, he used to coach. I'm like, when? 
He was like, in the 70s. I was like, dude, I was born in 79, right? So Dre West introduces him, and he walks into the locker room. And we were, it was a losing culture in Memphis. Mm -hmm. It was Jerry West's first year. I came from Seattle my first year with Gary Payton, my second year in the NBA. And Jerry introduces him, and uh, Hubie Brown walks in. And on that team at that time was myself, Shane Battier, Powell Gasol, Strollmouth Swift. Um, I believe we had a bunch of younger Dang. young players. And we had a nice young core. We just was just young. Jason Williams, Lorenzen Wright, the white, original white chocolate, right? Jay Will. Shouts out. And we had a, and Brevin, now we had a young core. We just didn't know who we were. And Hubie Brown comes in and he goes, for, <laughs> he goes, first off, let me just say this. All of you are fucking losers. <laughs> I'm 22 years old, right? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm from the streets. I've never had anyone that does not look like right. a Shay like yeah. me call me a like loser, right? right? And, and like, now say so. So he goes, all of you are fucking losers. I'm here to show you and tell you how to be fucking winners. He was like, if you was a fucking winner, the last guy would still be here. But instead, he's packing his bags mm. and moving his family. He was like, and you are so fucking selfish to realize that you just got a family and a dad and a father and a son fired. I'm like, yo, this dude is me. <laughs> dude from TNT, yeah. right And he was like, we're going to have two-a-days for the next week. We're like 10 games into the season. I'm like, two-a-days? Mm -hmm. Like, come on, man. Like, He was like, and no. I'm going to teach you how to be a winner. He's like, 10 of you are going to love me because only 13 players on the mm -hmm. team. Three of you are going to hate me. All of you are going to learn how to be man of character. All of you are going to learn how to play in the NBA for 10 plus years. And all of you are going to fucking become mature men. Wow. And he just like said, practice, let's go practice. So he walked out the locker room. Everyone lingered in the locker room like, yo, this dude is evil. And he was the best coach I ever had in my life. And that says a lot because I played for Jerry Sloan. I've been around amazing coaches, George Carl, Nate McMillan. The list goes on. Like Dick Harder, um, so many, Dwayne Casey. The, the list goes on. But this guy wow. really changed my life. There's been a lot of talk about old school coaches. I don't know. Could, could that work today? Could someone walk in the locker room today? Uh, it depends NBA on. NBA locker room, too. It, yeah, no, no. Of course, yeah, NBA, yeah, NBA yeah. locker room. You, you have to walk in with some merit. You know, like, right. I think th this is what I think about coaching young players. There's so, and I, this is from experience, there's so much um, extra, you know, untrue baggage that comes that comes along with young players because they see the... They see like the floss on Instagram. They mm -hmm. see like the, the the awards and the merits and the lifestyle. They don't understand what it really takes to get all of that. Right. They don't really understand the hard work. They don't understand the sacrifice. They don't understand just because you can dribble, shoot, dunk, and pass doesn't mean that's what helps us win games. And that's what Kyrie is kind of saying right now. Right. Like you have to sacrifice something. Kyrie's like, yo, I can go get 40 every night. But I have to sacrifice something too, and you do too. And you know, I'm gonna take the last. I'm gonna take the majority of the shots. Like these players need to be taught how to be a professional before they can ever be a winning player in the NBA, and that's difficult. What did you think about what Tom Izzo did? I don't have a problem with the yelling in so much as I feel like the optics of lunging at a player and pointing at a player were like too much. I think for me personally, as as a younger coach, and I've been coached by only older Hall of Fame coaches. Right. I've always struggled with young coaches because they don't tell you the truth. Mm. 
And I feel like as a coach, the biggest sin you can make is to lie to one of your players. Mm. So when I coach, I have to tell you the truth. I have to say it in front of everyone. I don't want any rumors. But before I even get to that point where I'm criticizing you, it's something called off-season, right? So when you have an off-season, that's when you better get to know your players personally right. off the court so they can trust you to be criticized on the court. Mm -hmm. And one thing I promise my players, I will never cuss you out while you're on the court. If anything, I would do it in a closed huddle or in the locker room. On the court, I'm going to call you over, and I'm going to say, hey, look, this is what we need to do. If we get in a huddle and I have to fire you up and motivate you, I'm not going to embarrass you for the whole front row to here. Mm -hmm. To me, that's embarrassing as a player. And I also never wanted my coaches to be overdramatic because if they feel like if I feel like they're overdramatic or they're like going crazy, how am I supposed to keep my control right. as a point guard? Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to take on that personality. Right. So I think there's rhythms to it. Izzo is a Hall of Fame coach without a doubt. But when you coach any sport long enough and he's great enough to coach this long, you have to evolve. If you don't evolve and understand the rhythms and the social environment mm -hmm. of these younger kids, you're going to eventually lose that connection. And that's why you got to go back to Popovich. He's done everything he can in his power to right. understand this new generation right. from reading books about what it's like growing up African-American in the United States from you know, reaching out to different resources and bringing people in to talk to his team and asking questions on how to coach his new generational player. So he's constantly reinventing himself in order to connect. Sticking with the tournaments, do you, I mean, I picked Duke, Tennessee, UNC, and Gonzaga in the Final Four. I don't know who your Final Four was. I don't know either. Me, I don't remember. Okay, so who who do you think is gonna is gonna end up winning the tournament? I don't know. I think that's the beauty of the tournament. I think what we saw with um, you know last weekend or Duke barely winning right. with you know UCF. at the buzzer mm -hmm. like you know getting offensive rebound at the free throw line, putting it back in. Anything can happen, and to me, that's a compliment to the growth and development of grassroots basketball. Mm -hmm. It's so big and so much skill is going into, it and it's constantly growing. That all the best players in the country are no longer going to dominate power schools. You have these schools with players who are skilled enough to play right. in a forty-minute game, mm -hmm. but they're not skilled enough to play in a forty-eight-minute game, and that's the NBA because talent Ooh. takes over with that extra eight minutes. Right. So you have this impact, and I think the NCAA just kind of lucked out into it that grassroots basketball is growing. And you can have a Taco Fall, you can have a Ja Moran, and you can have schools that are you know pushing almost upsetting, if not upsetting, the top schools. What do you think of Taco Fall? Taco Fall, for those of you who don't know, give him Google. He's seven. Yeah. Six? six seven six, six. yeah, yeah um seven, seven. yeah he's very he's very large but he's also he's quick though How, do you think he translates to the, to the nba i think he translates to the nba because of his speed he's a vertical player north and south he gets to the rim quick defensively he's obvious a, a big time defender and he protects the paint in the nba he can't sit in the paint right. they got the two nine right defensive rule so it'd be interesting to see if he has a jump shot because i don't really know Right? I don't know if he can yeah. shoot an elbow jump shot, but I know one thing. When he rolls to the rim, that weak side is going to have to tag, which means that corner three is going to be open. Mm -hmm. So he's going to make the defense just shift. He'll be a disruptor. Which is, yeah, it's gonna, he's going to make it shift, which is difficult to do because he can, if he throw a lob, he's at the rim without jumping. Right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's just going to be a <laughs> Yeah, if he just picks and rolls to the rim, right. you have to honor that, and that's going to force that defense to the shift. It's going to be weak side three, so he could have an impact. What's the tournament like? What's the environment like there? Uh, the tournament, um, 
it's it's amazing. And, you know, for me, just going into the tournament with the UCLA legacy, mm-hmm. it's nothing like it. You really feel like with UCLA, you're running out onto the court and you have Kareem and Bill Walton, Lou Alcindor, Gail Goodrich, you know, Sidney Wicks on your team. And that's what people expect for that tradition. And the environment is very unique and every play matters. The crowd is overly excited. And if you lose, you go home. And if you win, you might get some gifts from the NCAA. So you have that motivational factor, right? You might get, you know, back then it was like a video game. You might get whatever it is now. You progress. And it's a lot of pride. And it's very emotional. And you see majority of the families attend tournament games Mm -hmm. because that's when most families can make it. And it's the most important. Um, All right. Well, we can't get you out of here without talking about um, this L.A. team the Lakers. Oh, yeah. Um, what, to me, squad. well, yeah, this was, oh, you don't know. Brandon has adopted the Lakers now. That's yeah. a team? That's, yeah, a, that's, that's a team, team now. Yeah. How do you feel about the Lakers? How um, long have you been a Lakers fan for? Two, oh, three man. years? I mean, like nine months? Yeah. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know the months, but months would sound a lot more than the years. Oh, okay. Years, about three. About three. About three, three are going on four years. This is this is pedigree for millennials. We out here. <laughs> How do you feel about the Lakers? Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I've said that uh, the Laker, the NBA and the NFL free agency is more suspenseful than the film Us. Y'all seen Us yet? Yes. We watched Us last night, yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is the free agency a little bit more suspenseful than... It, it is. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's, 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 yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying we're watching it, and LeBron's setting up for a great comeback. I'll say that. He's set, he's setting up right now for a, a tremendous comeback. So you, Pay so, oh, okay. So what what you're, what he what he's trying to say is that um, it's down time right now. This, so so this was all plans orchestrated. Yeah, he's like, orchestrated. Yeah, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Some people like, supposed to sit out for six months. They sit out for five six weeks. You know what I mean? Like you know things happen. But LeBron's out here for the fans. He's averaging twenty seven eight and eight. Like he's still out here. The Lakers are trash. LeBron's all right. LeBron's all right. LeBron's all right. Lakers trash. LeBron's okay. What, how do you feel they can improve? Like it's it's gonna take somebody in the front office. Some somebody got to tell Rob or Rob Plinka or Magic Johnson what to do because I don't know if they necessarily know what to do. I I mean I say clean house. LeBron, everybody, everybody Genie can stay. Everyone goes. Not every, you know what I'm saying. But Magic's gone. I mean. Yes. Magic's not going anywhere. We're going to keep hiring these names. We're going to get Hubie Brown in here. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get get big names. They're going to get big names just lined up on the staff. When when, when Hubie took over our team, we won like 25 games. The next year, we won like 52. Major, major push for Major key. Here's my thing thing about the Lakers, right? Um, The greatest players ever play a game, they do this. They find a way to reinvent their their style of play. Okay. LeBron has to find a way to conserve energy. He has to, like I said, master the elbows, master the mid post, get to the free throw line. He should get to the free throw line ten to twelve times per game. Got to make them though. It doesn't matter. He needs to get there. Yeah. Right. So. You have to get there before you can make them or yeah. miss them. So you have to get there, and then out of that, you can have a new style of play. And at the end of the game, you can go back to to LeBron, high pick and roll, jumping over players and getting to the rim. Um, here's here's the danger. Like, if, if I'm sitting in that office and in, in the war room and we throwing players up on the board and wh- what are we going to do? If we trade our young players now, two years from now we're going to be in the same situation as D'Angelo Russell where he's an all-star, mm. right? And that's that's going to be two point guards you lost that are all-stars. For a player who could potentially win a championship for us, maybe one, in his late 30s. 
Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. If you bring in Anthony Davis, which is it's not going to happen because we all know Celtics have more assets than the Lakers. Right. But if say you got lucky and you brought in Anthony Davis, you still don't have shooting. Right. So if, if, if I'm coaching against the Lakers and LeBron and Anthony Davis is in a pick and roll, I have my entire weak side in the paint with a tag. Meaning as Anthony Davis roll, we tagging him. We slowing him up. Tag. Skip it to the weak side. I'm going to close out to a non-shooter short. Right. And if we get beat by non-shooters beyond the three, at least it was Anthony Davis and LeBron. The worst, right? the worst insult is that's what we want. When somebody, when you take a shot and somebody scream, that's what we want? Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 fighting or you hey. just let him sit out there oh, like nobody man. even makes just an attempt to go get him. Or they oh, scream, yeah. or they scream, he's with us. <laughs> he's with us. Like, you know, so the Lakers need so the Lakers need shooting. Mm -hmm. The Lakers, they're going to have to part with some of the young pieces, but which ones do you part with? And then how can you get LeBron in a system that we all know what it is. Like, we know the roles, we know the identity, we know the style of play, and we know who needs to improve their game. Because right now, I don't know from game to game who's going to be his, his second option or third option. LeBron doesn't know his role right now. I think that's a big part of the problem with the Lakers is you're talking about a, a need-based draft. People, we don't know what player LeBron wants to be. If this, he wants to be the best five he wants to be a, a, a good, decent four. Like we don't even know where LeBron's going to be on the court. He's I, a point guard. I think I think that's easily fixed, right? Whoever was Luke Walton, whoever is the okay. coach, they spend like a week with LeBron, not even on the court. Go to his place of comfort if it's his house yeah, or his office yeah. or whatever it is. It's the off season, yeah. so you say, "Hey, look, what is what is your role?" Because this like a superstar is different. When you talk to a superstar, you can't really tell him mm -hmm. this is what you're going to do. You're going to ask him, how can we be a, have a partnership in creating a great system so you're always comfortable, right? You're always comfortable. You're always at your highest point. And he's going to be honest with you. He's going to say, look, at this point in my career, I want my minutes to be like 34 minutes a game, right? I do want the ball in my hands, but I'm, I'm open to not having the ball in my hands the entire game. But I need to close quarters, and I need to close games, mm. right? And then you can say, perfect. Now let me go back and let me create a system around my greatest player. Coach Wooden had me in Encino at his condo. I ought to go visit him when I was at UCLA. Coach Wooden, he put me down when his, when his den and his, his books everywhere and he's reciting poetry and he's talking about how he would write his wife love letters who had passed away for 20 plus years every Sunday. He put it in an envelope and put it under his bed and he just pulled him out and showed me, right? Damn. And, then, and then he goes, look, it's twice in my career I did not run the UCLA high post, which is a 1-4 offense. The bigs are at the elbows, mm -hmm. the guards are at the wings. It's only twice in my career that I didn't run the offense I created, which is UCLA High Post. I'm 18 years old. I'm from Kansas City. I don't even know where the hell I'm at. Encino just sounds so far. <laughs> right? And he's right. asking me, like, do you know when? I'm like, right. man, I don't even know how to get home from here. Right. Like, there's right. no GPS. MapQuest. I just go to MapQuest and print it out. Yeah. Yeah. And, right? and I'm like, how am I going to get here and look at the paper at the same time? Right? So I'm like... Coach, I don't know when. Yeah. And he's like kind of disappointed I didn't know. I'm like, damn, I disappointed him already. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, when I had Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton, he was like, greatest coaches are the greatest teachers. You have to adjust your style of play mm. and identity of your team around your greatest superstars. 
So whoever coaches LeBron needs to sit down with him, get him into a partnership so now he's fully committed. And it's going to who else? Who's not going to follow that in the locker room? When LeBron right. said, "This is what it is," yeah. your head coach says, "This is what it is." Then this is what it is. Like you're going to get better in a role with identity, but you have to have him committed first. You have so many stories. Damn, yeah, I was. I was That's crazy, right? I was beautiful. I just. I was there. I was in the basement. To, to, I saw to, to the things. Condo. Yeah, the, the the poetry. It was a beautiful. Oh, he, he, he was super dope. Oh my like, gosh, Wooden. One of the best. The goat. Yeah, he is. All right, what am I winning or quitting today? Robert James Gronkowski retired from the NFL on Sunday. Gronk helped Tom Brady and the Patriots win three Super Bowl championships. After nine seasons of dominance, he is definitely on his way to the Hall of Fame. Joy. Gronk is the second greatest tight end of all time. Wit it or quit it. Uh, I am going to wit that, actually. Okay, okay, uh, okay. We are, if you don't understand why we're wearing the shades, Shouts out. Google Gronk. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think he still likes these, but I wouldn't be surprised if he still has some of them. Oh, um, yeah. Shout out to Rob. I've known Rob for a very long time. Um, great guy. And, did you know him um, as Rob? Uh, yes, I knew him as Rob, yeah, actually. Rob. Yeah, I did not call him Gronk. I've never yeah. called him Gronk. Uh, I've referred to him as Gronk because it's the only thing people know him as. Right. But yeah, no, I call him Rob. Um, great career. Congratulations on a great career. Um, pride of Woodland Hills High School. Shout out Woody Ooh. High, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I think that that Gronk, who I will refer to from moving yes. forward, um, these glasses are ridiculous. It's, it's, it's very fog, hard, very very difficult to focus. Yours are fogging up because you're wearing a hat. True. And as hit. you know, the purpose of hats of that sort is right. to keep your head warm. And I have a lot of hair, and it's right. My chest. You is also still have the the UV four hundred sticker. So these are actually functioning <laughs> sunglasses. They're not just they're not just to look ridiculous. Functioning. I mean, they, if they have the UV. Is that yeah, helping? Is people... it helping to rub the? I feel like you should rub the inside where the. To get the UV cling up. Where the? Well, if you're trying to get oh, it to I unsteam. See it. Oh, I see it. Okay. So anyway, uh, Gronk. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gronk is the second best tight end of all time. To me, Shannon Sharp is the best tight end of all time. I mean, um, Gronk is is following follows him closely. Yes. Uh, the only the only nod I would give to Shannon is that Shannon played longer. But Gronk had more touchdowns. But I like to argue, as dominant as Gronk has ever has been his entire career, like you can't – he's not better than Shannon Sharp because Shannon Sharp gave us, what, 62 touchdowns in an era where running backs ran the NFL. Right. Let's just be real. And Gronk had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick this entire time where Shannon bounced around with two different teams and uh, the same I mean, amount Shannon of had, – Shannon had a decent, decent quarterback, pretty decent quarterback. Yeah, the, first, the, second, the second time when he came over to the Ravens, and still got that, and still got the national championship no, with no quarterback. No, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I'm sorry. What did yeah. I say? National championship. I don't know why you would say That's that. That's a big one. Um. Anyway, the, I agree with you. I, yes. I agree with you. But it, they're they're very close. And then to me, um, I, I mean, I I think I, I think it's arguable with Tony Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Like I'm gonna put Rob second just because Rob has the rings. Yeah. And but Tony is arguable because because Tony's numbers are just insane. I mean, he's a 14-time Pro Bowler, six-time First Team All-Pro. Like you can go down the numbers. Tony's obviously first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. And then you have Antonio Gates. And I mean, after that, you can argue a bunch of different players: Shh. Kellen Winslow, 
Jason Witten, Jeremy Shockey, um, was my Newsom, Jeremy Shockey play, player to watch. Jimmy Graham, like yeah. the, like there's there's obviously huge names out there that were influential to the tight end position, but I think those top f- are the top four for me. Right. Pretty interchangeable. I think I think Shannon at the top just because of the the rings mm-hmm. um, and the longevity, and 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 Rob is close close there. But overall, like Gronk had had a career that I feel like over the last couple years has kind of been. Uh, not dismissed, but just gone a little unappreciated because of his injuries. Right. Obviously, he yeah. did have a lot of catastrophic injuries, but he was at one point the most dominant, powerful, game-changing offensive weapon maybe in NFL history like no that question. we had ever seen. Mm-hmm. No one could tackle him. You had to double-team him. He, if he got the ball, you work. know you were getting yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. Like he just, he was unstoppable and fast. Like you had never seen a big guy run before. Agile with wiggle. Like we forget all of what Gronk was yeah. because of the past couple of years and the injury. That's why I'm really happy for him that he was able to have the influence on the Super Bowl that he had this right. year because yeah. it brought it back to like, yeah, don't forget what Gronk really was right. to the NFL. I know there's like some murmurs out there that he's gonna come back. I don't see that at all. He's not, despite his whole uh, bad boy party image, right. he's actually a very locked up guy. Like he's, he hasn't blown through his money. He's very responsible. And the he hasn't been, the Patriots haven't gotten rid of him. <laughs> so, and he's never been in any actual trouble. Yeah. Like for all of the, for all of the shenanigans, like dude just likes to party. That's just, that's what he is. And he's never apologized for it. Yeah. So Let's drink light beer. It's a fan of and, and but like y'all got chill, man. Y'all keep coming from Miller Light and Coors. Like I get it, the corn syrup thing. That's hard, but like y'all coming out from different angles, man. It just doesn't seem any fair. I have a question. Does anyone care if there's corn syrup in beer? I do now. I do. Why? I mean, I, why did I ask you that question? Yeah, Never mind. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I, yeah. I, I just like I immediately Cold regret asking that. I'm sorry. I you do. drink you drink beer out of mason jars, so I should not ask you that question. <laughs> I actually I prefer cold home, roasted yeah. hops with a scent of maple, sprinkle with some paprika in my beer. Sounds pretty good, Joy. Does actually sound not bad. <laughs> Paired with a nice uh, sandwich. Is is is, <laughs> is is Gronk is Gronk is Gronk top two patriot of all time? <sighs> Then we move on. Just, just need to. I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to the long history of of Patriots, but I mean, uh, you, you make that argument, and I think he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. At me, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. As long as he doesn't come back like Witten, like does it restart Witten's oh, clock? Yeah, I think now? It, yeah, it's, like, it, it, it's from when you actually retire, not okay, fake okay, retire. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, what's next? Shout out Ashley. Okay, uh, the UFC cash cow Conor McGregor announced his retirement to mixed martial arts, saying, "I wish all my old colleagues well going forward in competition." Blah 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 blah. Proper pina coladas on me, fellas. Former UFC superstar Ronda Rousey said, "We'll see how permanent this retirement is." Joy, Conor McGregor ain't done fighting yet. Quit it or quit it. Uh. I am going to quit it. I think he is done. Really? Uh, some news has dropped. We know we're done with these. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm just <laughs> Woo! That's over. Where did you? I don't even know where we found this. More obstruction. Um, that's that's a moment of adjustment. That's gotta look great. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Don't do it. It's just gonna scratch something. You're gonna be so mad. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, some news has come out that he's being investigated for some sexual harassment or uh, something or other um, in Ireland. Always bad. So we don't know what's going on with that yet. Obviously, um, there's some other laws for how you can report on that in Ireland. So 
We're just getting that from the New York Times today. Mm. But he did announce his retirement. Um, he does have the the proper whiskey. Is what's called proper whiskey? Yes, proper 12. Proper 12? 12. Proper 12 whiskey. Yeah, I'm not a huge whiskey drinker, um, so I'm sure it's fine. Uh, but try. anyway, I don't, I'm don't. i definitely not drinking whiskey inside pina coladas either. Yeah, That's yeah, for rum. Yeah. yeah. That's for sweetness. Actually, I prefer a virgin pina colada. It tastes much better. <laughs> it does. Because if I'm drinking a sweet, uh, a sweet beverage by the pool for the taste... It's going to be it's virgin pina colada. Now, I, I was I was if I'm to, if I'm drinking it for the purpose, yeah. it's a margarita. Well, I was gonna I was gonna really fight you, but a virgin strawberry daiquiri at, at red red uh, red lobster is just I mean they're the just delicious. It's like so much better yeah, without yeah, the alcohol. Just, it's just, just, it's just, it's just, it just takes away from the delicious extra sugariness. Yeah, of course. Anyway, <laughs> um, I do think he is actually going to retire this time for multiple reasons. One, I don't think he is crazy enough to get back into the octagon and get his ass beat because that's that helps no one. Right? It already kind of felt like he was retired. He was on some sort of suspension for the... Uh, I forget what altercation it was. I'm not even going to pretend like I know what he was the, suspended the, the for. The bus thing. The, the bus thing. thing that's yeah. what he was suspended for. Sure. I thought it was for something else. It could be. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, the point is, he had a great career, and it was short. And that's kind of just the UFC way. Yeah. And people always think it's like the end of the UFC when Ronda left, when George St. Pierre was gone. Right. Like, they're, they're, every time at one of the superstars Chuck leaves, Chuck Liddell, like, yeah. Anderson Silva, Andy John Bones Jones has done it's over. Like, it's never yeah. over. They're going mm-hmm. to find another superstar. They're going to captivate us. There's going to be storylines, because that's the nature of that sport. And the reason it's like that is because... Everyone loses in that sport. There's too many ways to lose. It's not like boxing Mm -hmm. where you can be Floyd Mayweather and master the sweet science and not get hit and go undefeated. It's it's possible to do that. It's impossible to go undefeated in UFC at a superstar level. Like you're just gonna fight somebody who's good enough, they're gonna sneak you, something bad's gonna happen. There's just too many ways to lose. And then once you lose, your immortality goes away and then it just like then have to come back and it's just it's just a whole thing. UFC is one of those rare sports where even when you win you lose. Like a lot of those guys, you can right. win as much as you want, but you're you're losing every time you get out of that ring, and it's hard to get it's back. It's taking into a little it. bit out of you. Right. And Conor McGregor has made a bajillion dollars, and mm-hmm. the only th- the only Boxing. reason I would see him getting back into a ring or an octagon is because he's running low on those funds. So if yeah. he was to do anything, I could see him boxing again. I couldn't see him going back into the octagon again. Uh, I, I'm not going to get dramatic about this retirement because obviously he has retired and unretired before. Mm-hmm. And as leverage, fighters sometimes do that. Right. And the new news may have had something to do with this retirement. Who yeah. knows? But overall, I, it kind of he was sort of out of sight, out of mind for me anyway. So for this sure. isn't like a huge colossal announcement to me. It's just like, oh, okay, you're just doing your other stuff now, which yeah. I kind of assumed you were going to do anyway. Because yeah. I have no interest in seeing Conor McGregor get back in there and get his ass beat. Like well, he should have sent a follow up tweet thanking Floyd Mayweather for the opportunity to retire because without that payday, he may have had to step in the octagon. A couple uh, more I think times. he was talking about former colleagues or something. I know, but I'm saying it, it, it's Floyd Mayweather. He's He's got him to think about why he. I mean, really look, he's retire. an all-time fighter. He he's going to go down in history as one of the uh, one of the greatest, if in in some people's opinions, the greatest mm. talker of all time. Okay. Um, you, you know, however you want to look at some right. of the things that happened during the Mayweather uh, McGregor press tour, which got I thought racial. was an insane concept to begin with. Right. What do you expect mm-hmm. is going to happen? Um, but anyway, the point is, great career. Thank you for the content. Not really moving me because I kind of already felt like he was done. Deuces. Hear ye, hear ye. 
Juju Smith-Schuster is petty. Mm. So everybody is coming for uh, the king of Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not, it's not actually. That's not true, actually. I'm the king of Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger uh, has been getting a lot of criticism recently uh, for his leadership style, mm-hmm. um, possibly purposely fumbling, which is an outrageous accusation if true yeah big wild um Um, not saying i don't believe it but if that is true that is uh get your ass beat territory yeah um metaphorically of course course. uh not constituting uh uh, not constituting uh, i'm not supporting advocating advocating that's the word thank you for that no problem violence um but juju smith schuster decided to cape up and Mm. he posted a picture of himself hugging ben cape up and added the message, I was so blessed to enter the league and play with the Hall of Fame quarterback as a 20-year-old. Ben has taught me so much. He's a true leader, and I can't wait to rock with my guy this season. Now, obviously the timing of this is questionable. However, I'm purposeful. not doubting the uh, purposeful. I'm not doubting the authenticity or the genuine nature of this. I'm sure they do like each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, this is a little bit petty. There's a little tone of the pettiness flying around here, which I'm here for, obviously. Um, I think Juju is going to have a great season. And I think that this year is a prove-it year for Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, but he has two championships and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, I'm aware. But they lost Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Mm. And those two have been pointed to as the issue makers Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. Uh, Le'Veon being out last year, uh, it meant nothing because their running game didn't fall off at all. And um, Antonio Brown bailed on the team, and that's why they didn't make the playoffs. And Okay, we're going to see. Now we're going to see because they're not there anymore, and Ben's still there, Mm -hmm. and Ben's the one who's getting all of these accusations for not being a good leader, so this is the year. If none of this is true and it's all Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell's fault, Cool. Y'all should be in the playoffs next year and should not not miss a beat. And I'm not saying that they're going to be terrible next year because they still have a great offensive line. They still have Juju Smith-Schuster. They still have Ben Roethlisberger and a bunch of other pieces. So we'll see. I don't have high expectations because I feel like the Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben era was squandered. And that's just how I feel about it. I feel like what happened in Pittsburgh was a colossal disappointment. Um, I know people in Pittsburgh are very resistant to criticizing anyone on the team. I don't understand why. Because the last time I checked, uh, the standard is a standard, and the standard is championships, and excuses are for losers. And I don't do that. Not where I'm from, and I don't like that shit. So everybody else being all soft, and, oh, it's, it's Antonio Brown's fault, it's Le'Veon Bell's fault. Ben can't be criticized. All right, cool. Well, we're going to see. And I'm talking to all Steelers fans right now because everyone is in their feelings. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, everybody thinks that all of the my – favorite, my favorite new narrative, and you know I don't get caught up in comments a lot because I just try and, like, yeah. avoid that and keep that out of my life. But every once in a while, you know, I'll see one just like because it happens unfortunately you know how to read um yeah you know it's a it's a it's a casualty of that skill (laughs) um this idea that the national media has like vendettas is so weird to me like i'll get tweets from people they're like well if your network would let you talk about real stuff then you would know that Ben Roethlisberger has been supported by three offensive linemen you know FS1 they they don't want you to say anything nice about Ben Roethlisberger (laughs) and it's like I don't understand is that a thing people really think happens like I mean well Cowboy we're I guess we're like an NFC are we yeah I don't like you think that it's my goal to just make up things about Ben Roethlisberger that aren't true 
I got that kind of time. That's really what I feel. I feel like it's dis- you're disrespecting me as a person by telling me I have the time to well, sit around like, and think about things to make up about Ben Roethlisberger. People... It's just weird to me. Like, I don't get it. I feel it's disrespectful to me as a person that <laughs> well, you think yeah. I have the time to sit here and have a vendetta. I don't care, okay? Let me just be very clear. I don't care. All I care about is the Steelers being good because the Dolphins are going to be awful. And the Steelers are my other team, and I need them to be good or I also have a miserable season, okay? That's the point, Ooh. all right? So stop making excuses. It was a disaster of a season. Just mm-hmm. say it. That's what it was. They didn't make the playoffs. That's not mm-hmm. what we do, all right? And we're not even just trying to make the playoffs. We're trying to win championships around here. So you can't have all of these issues, and I'm sorry, but there can't be this much smoke without there being some kind of issue with Ben Roethlisberger being the proper leader. And just take some responsibility for it. You know what I would respect? If at this point, everyone just came out that's like still on the team and was like, yeah, we had a horrible season. This is why. This is where I messed up. I should have been in a room with this person. I should have said this to this person. I didn't do it. Moving forward, we're going to do things differently. We messed up here, and this is what we're changing. Instead, it's like, yeah, we all got to look in the mirror, and, you know, we all, but we all really love Ben. Everything's cool. I bet. So what you're telling me is you're not going to make the playoffs again next year? Well, that's what I was saying. You got to pay attention to this because Juju's been – he said everything right up until this point. Every time – even when he's lost games, he said the exact – he said the perfect thing. He's played social media the perfect way he should as a young player in the league. Pay attention to what he's saying about Ben Roethlisberger because if that, that opinion changes ever, we're going to see it all in the Instagram. I'm not questioning Juju's authenticity. I don't think he has any reason to lie. I'm no, not saying not that right at all. Now, I'm just saying that the, the, I need results and not all of this like passing the blame stuff around. Yeah. I'm not saying Antonio Brown doesn't deserve some blame. Certainly does. I'm not saying Levian doesn't deserve some blame. Certainly does. Nobody in the situation was perfect. All I'm saying is I keep hearing a lot of the same mm-hmm. when I really want to hear something different. Yeah. And that's not, that's not what's happening. So... It's time for High Key, key Loki. All right, time for High Key Loki. I always forget what we do that. We go High Key Loki. It's time for High Key Loki. This is a drop. This is a drop or a drop? Okay. This is a drop. So I always mess that up. Um, so High Key, the Lakers are going to fire Luke Walton. And Low Key, they should not hire Jason Kidd. Mm. So Jason Kidd was on the jump yesterday talking about, you know, if the the yellow and purple is that what they call it uh, purple and gold purple and gold yeah why do people get so specific about the hue yeah, okay if they name the color yellow. it's a name oh, really? Notre Dame is old gold and navy blue it's old gold of course it's old and gold and Kelly Green <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's a thing. You're gonna name it. Don't, don't let's not do it. We're trying to go, go. Go, just go through the thing. Go through. The, he was he was looking thirsty on the jump. Continue. Anyway, um, he was referring to if the purple and gold come calling, yeah. you answer. Which, in the coaching perspectives, uh, of course, he's totally right. Like, of course, if the Lakers call him, he's going to go coach the Lakers. Why would he not go coach the Lakers? Uh, that makes perfect sense. Now, from a uh, player perspective, you may have other opinions about whether that's a good spot for you or not. Right. So that's kind of a, you know, I'm not going to pick apart his words as far as that goes. But w- what I don't understand about the Jason Kidd hire is while, while Jason Kidd was, if you just compare Luke Wallen's record and Jason Kidd's record in the last, like, three, just called the, their last three seasons, right. Jason Kidd was more successful. He obviously had better talents, if you want to break that down, except for this year where Luke had LeBron, which would trump those, but then LeBron was injured. So it's like, what are what are what are you really looking for here? In the like, East as well. When though. you right, like so when you look at at Jason Kidd, like what is it that you're gaining that you don't have with Luke Wallen? Unless Jason Kidd has some secret deep connection with LeBron James that we don't know about. No. I don't know if that's the case. Cool, awesome. Hire Jason Kidd. I just don't. I feel like at this juncture where the Lakers are, nothing makes sense to me except for what Earl was talking about. Whoever bring whoever coach they bring in has to be able to connect to LeBron on such a deep soulful level mm. or at least 
on a level where it's like you you're going to do whatever it is I say. You right. have to keep LeBron happy. We have seen what happens when LeBron is unhappy with the coach. It's a disaster. It can't work. We've seen it every year. It feels like though. But that's what it is. Like, yeah. if LeBron's not vibing with the coach, it's not happening. On top of you don't have the players that you need. So, to me, who they hire is is not as important. Like, their their resume isn't as important as their relationship with LeBron. Like, that's all that it comes down to. What's what? Forget everything else you've done. What's your relationship with LeBron? Actually, forget. Why am I asking you? LeBron, what is your relationship with this guy? It doesn't even matter. Like, that's it. That's all that matters to me. So I don't, when I look at Jason Kidd, like, no name is going to excite me that they could possibly hire. There's no one, unless it's Hubie. That would be actually very interesting. But, like, if you're, other than that, there's no name that's going to excite me. Like, this idea of Doc Rivers, like, Doc Rivers is a great coach. Doc Rivers would be an upgrade for most teams. But why is Doc Rivers, even uh, even in the conversation as the coach for the Lakers, does he have a relationship with LeBron? Because otherwise it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. you got to have a relationship with LeBron. All right, moving on. Hi, Key. Uh, big baller brands. Uh, the story is so sad. Loki, why are you happy about this sad story? Why are you happy? Yeah, what are you, what are you celebrating? All right, here's the thing. Uh, if you didn't hear, basically... Um, a, a guy named Alan Foster, who was very close to the family, um, who we have both met. Been in this um, room. He has been in this room, correct. <laughs> he has actually been in this room. You are right about that. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. He's been in this room. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, again, like, very, very shocking. Um, allegedly stole $1.5 million from Lonzo. Can't find it. Uh, they can't find it. And he had some criminal past, and it's a whole thing. And Ramona Shelburne reported on it, and now they're discussing ending the the whole enterprise, uh, just folding Big Baller Brand. Um, Lonzo and his brothers deleted all the Big Baller Brand stuff from their page, mm. uh, allegedly unfollowed their dad. There's like a whole thing. There were some reports that he had Lonzo had warned Lavar about it, and that nothing was done. Who knows what the actual inside story within the family of how that went down is. Right. Um, I'm going to assume there's some missing parts to the story, just having been around the the Ball family at yeah. all. And I'll just say this, like, very, it's, it's shocking. And I know there were people who are always rooting for LeVar to fail. Mm-hmm. Because LeVar is unapologetic and he's loud and he proclaimed things and he said things that people didn't uh, agree with. Like he, he could right. beat MJ in one-on-one, which hasn't happened. So technically he's not no. a liar yet. No. Um, and I mean, look, like he, he, he did great things for his son. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to say about LeVar, Lonzo's on the map because of LeVar. Like Lonzo was a great player, great player at UCLA. Became what he was because of LeVar. That's facts. You can argue anything about it. You're wrong. That is a fact. What happened with them happens to literally everyone on planet Earth. At one point or another, you're going to get scammed. Whether it's for $5 or whether it's for $1.5 million or whether it's for $100 million. There's Ponzi schemes aplenty. Give it a Google. Happens to rich people, very, very smart people Mm -hmm. who have invested in billions of dollars. It happens to lots of people. So this is not something where it's like, oh, you know, you should have known better. Okay, maybe, but probably not because it happens to everyone. Everyone has a story where they're like, yeah, I got scammed. Yep, I thought this was happening, and it wasn't. And it's sad because people rooted so hard against this this whole enterprise and this whole idea. And I think we've always been on the same page. Like, it's like rooting for the man. 
I'm like, what? Right. What are you doing? Who does that? Yeah, his name's who, the man. Who roots for the man? Yeah, like, do that. who are you? What do right. you, you, you just like, like, like you're like the person who likes paying taxes? Right. The man raised you. Like you like, did the man raise you? You like having all, all of the rules against you yeah. to like fail? Like it's you like being controlled by corporate America? Like, cool. You sound like a hoot at a party. I mean, what, like, what, what is that? What is that mentality? It's yeah. so sheep. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you have to like Lavar. You have to agree with everything that he says or does. But the idea that you know you could go out and create your own, mm-hmm. and and as a black man go out and create your own in the face of having millions of dollars on the table in front of you, and it's not about being controlled. Like having an, a contract with Nike is nothing to be ashamed of. Like right. that is an incredible accomplishment, and it's great. And and and. I will take a contract with Nike right yeah. now. Like, King James I'm, got a lifetime I, one. Right. I'm, sp- I'm not speaking ill of that in any way. I'm just right. saying if you want to create your own thing, you should be enabled and encouraged to do that. And like mm-hmm. having people read ag- like root against you, I get it. Like there's haters out there. I don't understand how right. haters think. Like it's not a it's not a journey I want to take. Like mm-hmm. follow the white rabbit. Don't not interested. Like whatever y'all do is your thing. I, I don't respect it, but I feel you. Like you, it's something inside you got to work out with yourself. So you hate on other people. It's cool. Like I mean, I, I know it's a thing. I don't get it. Like Ooh. I'm saying, but like it's a thing. Um. So anyway, I'm just saying. Like I just I I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the whole family. Yeah. Um. It's a scam. Artists, like it's sad. Now, That's I, it. I, I want them to get it figured out because the the splits are like sixteen goes to Lavar, sixteen goes to uh, Allen, and fifty one percent goes to Lonzo. So, yeah, I like, mean, and the tricky part is that he's he's involved business wise. Yeah. But, and I still yeah. want to support Lonzo and the Ball family, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. why that's and why I, I and I plan on doing big that. Ball brand. Yeah, I right. Yeah. But it's but like I don't know what's going on within their family thing. Like I have right. no idea what that, what's going on with that. Like just surface based on reports. That's how I feel about it. And again, like I don't understand the mentality about rooting for other people to fail when they're trying to create something new. Like you should only encourage that. It doesn't affect you in any way. You can still buy Nikes if like if it doesn't work out. You know what I'm saying? All right. High key uh, women's WrestleMania is going to be lit. I'm calling it Women's WrestleMania now, from now on. From this point forward, it shall be known as Women's WrestleMania. Love it. Um, they have the the marquee end of uh, WrestleMania yeah. match is uh, is all women. Divas, I believe. Yeah. That's what we refer to w- them as. W- D- uh, and Loki Gronk is going to be there. For sure. Ooh. Show for sure. For sure, for sure. Gronk with a cameo rest. Oh, yeah. He's, he's here. Booking. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Rob. Yes. He's he's going to be a part of wrestle, wrestling in some way or another. Like, there's too many. There's smoke, there's fire. All right? So, and this is happening. And right now, I, like, what, what what's, what's more appropriate Gronk reference? There's, there's, like, apple vape. There's fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Gronk. I'm sure Gronk doesn't vape. It's just, that was a, was a horrible joke. I wouldn't say Gronk doesn't vape. You know what I mean? I don't know. I have no information on whether he vapes or not. I'm just saying, like, the the, the sad, like, when I really knew society as a whole was starting to just truly deteriorate is when I saw, like, the vaping contest. Have you ever seen that? There's, like, literally vaping championships. How does one win? Like, empty? Whoever, I guess it's a judgment system, and you you inhale uh, whatever it is. The vapors. The vapors. And then you create... As if, like, you're Gandalf. Remember when Gandalf oh, would use the pipe? Oh, so it's like a cloud-based quantity. It's vape art. Vapor art. Vape art. 
I see Gronk hosting, uh, uh, judging a bait bar contest. That I can wow. see. Yeah, that yeah. I can see. Gronk gonna be the main host. Y'all, uh -oh. y'all, no, Rob Lowe, everybody, y'all get y'all things yeah, while y'all can. Whatever, Gronk coming from the spot. Yeah, whatever. Yes. yes. If you are an deal, no I, deal. Yes. Gronk is about to host everything. Um, and he will def. I, I, I would put heavy money on him being at WrestleMania yeah, this year. Um, but yeah, so the women are are closing out the main events of WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. It's the first time in the 35 year history. Ronda Rousey, about Becky time. Lynch, and Charlotte. Flair um, in New Jersey on April 7th. Yeah. One day we'll get around to not having to do the first of things, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and also, like, when it happens, I think a little mention like this is good. Like, it, they're all monumental, but the, the more we bring it up how monumental it is, the more it makes yeah, us remember and how I'll say backwards like, everything has right, been. Right. Yeah. We just we yeah. say it. We just have to say it so then people remember that yeah. there are still firsts of things happening. So when you're like, oh, my God, everyone's so sensitive. Like, yeah, yeah. well, we'll stop being sensitive when we're not having, like, the first women's <laughs> spacewalk. There's yeah. been female astronauts for, I don't know, like, a couple years. <laughs> Probably a while. Um, anyway, I'm I'm actually excited about wrestling now because I, I like Ronda Rousey, and oh I, I don't think that wrestling fans are so in on Ronda Rousey. But yeah, they're too much. They're too purist. I bought a, a rowdy Ronda shirt, mm -hmm. but it did not come as advertised. I didn't get the official one, and yeah. it was not as clear, so I haven't worn it yet. Some say you got scammed. I did. There you go. <laughs> I was scammed. I was scammed by whatever uh, Etsy dealer that was. I was about to say, was about to say some of y'all following about the Ronda shirt. Yeah, some of y'all found like ten accounts right now. This is waiting for a scam. They slow burning. Oh. They slow oh burning that scam. Scammers will wait. Too. Ooh, they wait, boy. Man, they have the patience. Yeah, all of us should try to have the patience of a scammer. <laughs> Amen. Right? Amen. That's great. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> loser power, power rankings. Loser power rankings. These are the losers the loser of the week. Okay. Woo. Here's the thing, New Orleans. I love you. All right. I love the city of New Orleans. Yeah, I'm positive I was a voodoo priestess or something in my past life. Okay. I'm, okay. I, I've been many things. Shouts out to Angela Bassett. I've lived many lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I actually saw Angela Bassett. Uh, sometimes here in LA, I might have told the story already. Sometimes here in LA, you will see uh, things being filmed. Yes, it's, it's, always. It's, it's a main business in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I forget, I really forget sometimes. So I'm driving down the street and I see this convoy because whenever they do car scenes out here, they have like police on either ends, you know, to protect the public. Right. And she was driving. But also get the shot. Yeah. Right. And she was driving in a car. Oh, Bassett. uh, 911 outfit? Was she on 911? I think it was for 911. That's what it looked like. That show is good. It's a good bad. It's great. It's a great bad. Like, I've not seen you it. You watching? You like? I've not seen it. But all I know crazy, is Angela Bassett is not like the rest of us. No. There's oh, like no. humans that are mm -hmm. over here. Yeah. And then there's the rest of us. Yeah. And she is over there. Because she looks she like she does, and she's seventy. In, in an elite class of special people that God has designated are above the rest of us. Man. And that is Angela Bassett. Like Julia Roberts yes. is in that category. Angela Bassett. Marisha Hargitay. Yes. Yes. She's up there. Halle Berry. Halle. I'm not, I'm gonna stop there. We can, we can go on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the, the point is, she's over there. Anyway, don't know how we get started on this. New Orleans, yes. Uh, New Orleans uh, has got to stop. All right, you gotta. You just, we feel you, and we were with you, yeah. and we fought the good fight with you. But it's enough, okay? And the problem is, this is my problem. It's gonna trail over into the next season because we're done with it. Okay, you had a bad call, and I know it's gonna hurt. All right, it's always gonna hurt. All right, I get it. All right, this happened to uh, University of Miami, Ohio State. Terrible call. Okay, yeah. terrible. 
everyone agrees. Yeah. All right. Even Ohio State people, even though they're going to, you know, say stuff about it, they know that was a bad call. All right. Everyone knows it's a bad call. Can we all just say it's a bad call? Everyone in the room is like, we're just agreeing. It's a bad call. It's a bad call. Everyone agrees. It's a bad call. All right. So can we just move on? All right. Sean Payton did should have called Bass Interference. And then maybe you would have lost the the next week. Okay. Or who knows what would have happened? Maybe you would have dropped it. Who knows? Okay. Who cares? It's over. We're done with this. We've talked about it. It has been acknowledged. You need to let it go. It's time to let it go. It's like we're, we're this is us having the intervention with you. We've sat you down. You are still obsessed with playing college softball. You swore that this was going to be your calling for life, and it is not. It's now time to quit all the leagues, okay? And you got to get a job, all right? That's that's what we're talking about here, okay? Oh, my God. Because Sean Payton, they're, they're, they're the league meetings right now, all right? And he, he's talking to the NFL competition committee, and he wants to expand um, the instant replay for pass interference calls. And I don't have that much time to live, Sean. All right? We don't have that much time on Earth. I don't have that much mm. time to watch football games. I have stuff to do. We have families. Oh, I have food to eat and stuff to do. I can't all be sitting it. around waiting for all these refs to go over all these pass interference calls. Who wants to live like that? Nobody. We shouldn't have to suffer. All right? We did it. We stood up for you, and this is enough. Okay? <laughs> it's done. Fair point. That's, a, that's just a fair point. I mean, it just can happen. And then, like, what's next? All right? What happens next? Then we start doing doing holding calls on offensive linemen. I don't have that much time on I earth, mean, okay? I, I just I, I can guarantee you that, all right? If I live 94 that. years, I don't have enough time to sit around and watch every single instant replay of every single possible pass interference call. Bad call. All right, next, Zion Cam. Now, in theory, Zion Cam is a great idea, right? I mean, Zion is a superstar. He has elevated the ratings, which we all love. Mm -hmm. Um, He is going to be a star in the NBA. He's going to sell lots of tickets and merchandise, and he's going to make millions of dollars, and we are going to celebrate the greatness that is his talent, okay? But right now, he's not getting paid for it. So it's it's kind of like the thing where it's like, oh, it's such a cool idea, but. He's still an amateur athlete, and you have uh, a camera designated, you know, the whole time. to just him, yeah. and you're not going to give him any money for all those ratings that he is clearly boosting just, from people watching him. It just feels, you know. Just give him extra Duke dollars, whatever the, 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 the dining hall thing is. We had Domer dollars at Notre Dame. I can't remember there's what like, Lima called. They're like, there's little things, like give him, give him an extra cupcake for the cam, you know what I'm saying, some incentive to have the camera only on him the whole time. Wasn't it so sad when you ran out of dollars? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you guys, like, how long can well, I you had last? Well, I had the meal plan. Yeah, but the meal plan like and the dollars a, the, a, the athlete yeah. meal plan. Yeah. So it was like, then you have to go eat in that cafeteria where you don't have the extra right. dollars. Yeah. We didn't have we didn't have training table at Notre Dame until Coach Kelly got there. That's how, like, backwards Notre Dame's program was. So, yeah, shout out to Coach Kelly for training table. Um, yeah, that's important. Yeah, All right, and eat. finally, uh, the Giants. The Giants. So, uh, Giants co-owner John Mara hmm. uh He's he's objecting to the idea that Eli is still there out of loyalty. He said it really gets under my skin because it's absolute nonsense. Do I feel a certain amount of sentimentality? (laughs) Sentimentality? Do I have some sentimental feelings towards Eli? Of course I do. It's a Brandon word. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, who he uses that word in a <laughs> sentence? Would I ever let that way get in the ma- get that in the way of making football? I'm done reading this stupid. <laughs> the point, the point he is, said some stuff. The point is, is he's saying basically he is not sticking with Eli out of loyalty. So what you're saying is you're sticking with Eli because you don't know how to make football decisions then. Because basically, Clearly. with a five and eleven record and having to just trade Eli and uh, his QBR ranking leaving him at 25th amongst quarterbacks last season. What are you? What is your actual plan 
tell us what your plan is then. Now, there's a lot of time draft. still between now and the draft, mm-hmm. and maybe they make a move for Josh Rosen, and we all look stupid, okay? Right. Or really, this, this quote means nothing because you still are moving off of Eli. Right. My point is, is like, I don't... There was a point where I was very adamantly defending Eli. I thought the situation with Geno Smith... And uh, whatever uh, rookie quarterback they had at the time, no way I remember his name. Um, Come on, Brandon. Oh. Anyway, the, the point is they went to Geno Smith, which we know what Geno Smith is, so there's no need for that. I'm and it's, it's, yeah, it's not gonna. This is yeah. Ashley Straub. Um, the point is. I, I was very upset with him breaking his streak for no reason because it wasn't going to save the season and it wasn't to develop a quarterback. Right. And I thought it was a disaster. And we can blame McAdoo for that. All right. Mm-hmm. But he's not there anymore. And you're still making decisions that are inexplicable. So I'm OK with the with the with the trade to move off of Odell. If that's what you feel like you need to do. But I think all Giants fans and just NFL fans in general, are like, what's your plan? What is it? And nobody nobody really has an answer. Like you're sticking with Eli. Cool. Why then? Because if it's not loyalty, this this is what this is acceptable to you moving forward. You think he's going to get better? I don't understand. Trying to make running backs great again. Saquon, give the ball to Saquon every play. Did they do that last year? That was kind of was the plan last year. And threw the ball to Saquon quite a bit last year. Right, and they were five and eleven. That's not getting you anywhere. So Mm -hmm. it's not it's not good for any of us for the Giants to not be good. No, that's just facts. Shouts to Davis Webb. Davis Davis Webb. Thank you for that, Heller. What's in the Migos Culture Report this week? The Apple and Amazon World Takeover continues. Mm. On Monday, Apple announced the rollout of three game changers in the multimedia landscape. The Sultans of the Smartphone revealed that Apple TV Plus, a new streaming service comparable to Netflix and Hulu, but unlike Netflix and Hulu, Apple TV Plus will only feature original content produced by Apple for Apple TV Plus. Mm. In addition to Apple TV Plus, the overlords have added Apple TV channels... With this new service, Apple TV app, you can choose specific TV channels that you want to watch, bundle them, pay a specific price for those channels, but they're all given in Apple TV in Apple TV channels. So I could buy like FS1 yes. and Food Network and but you and HGTV, uh, yeah, IDTV is what, well. but like all those things. But also, but you don't. What, what about the things you randomly watch? That's what you get when you got the regular TV. You randomly watch them. Me and Michelle accidentally watched something in the Smithsonian Saturday morning. They had a lot of information about Los Angeles. It was beautiful. I wouldn't have known to buy that channel in advance. How much are you willing to pay for that? Two hundred a month. I mean, so it's every Saturday morning, find some random on before stuff comes on, I'm like two cent. That's right. what I'm saying. I don't know the prices yet. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? But, so basically, they're 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 working towards offering a la carte TV. Yes, and and, and it's and through Apple, which is great. Okay, for those who don't have Apple TV, the app is being updated not only to Roku's and Amazon Fire Sticks, but this app the update is going to be added in Samsung TVs, Sony TVs, Roku Power TVs, Vizio TVs, LG TVs, and Fire Stick Power. So TVs. basically, it's a wrap, <laughs> and your lives are your lives have officially changed. <sighs> And uh, I told you so. And in this case, I'm okay with you supporting the man because Apple's amazing. Well, this much like the 2008 Obama campaign, Apple is using power of celebrity to help market the newest products. Uh, with people like Oprah Winfrey projects coming from her, Steven Spielberg, Reese Witherspoon, Jason Mimosa. I know his name, Mamoma. But um, anyways. Oh, How do you feel a, about... I had a, I had a um, guava mimosa this weekend. Oh, it was fabulous. It had been great. It was delicious. Oakland. Oh, yes. Shout out uh, Aunt Mary's in Oakland. Oh, so down. good. But anyways, what do you think about living in the Apple era? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Take my this money. This is too big. And this is a big... This is, it's amazing. 
All right, what else is going on? Okay. Jordan Peele released his sophomore film, Us, last weekend. It's a horror movie that isn't scary and quite confusing, but I need everyone to go see it. So I'm going to make time All for right, everyone to see it. hold on. I have to pause. Yes. If you haven't seen it, are you I, in the room? I was just, I was going to, I was going to read everybody go see it. If you saw it, we can talk about it. But I, I did just see saying, it. I saw it last night. You want to talk about it? We, we went and saw it last night. I was going to let people. Who? You, have you seen it? I was, I was gonna say. I was gonna let. I was gonna say. Have you seen it? No. I'm gonna let everybody go have see it? it. I'm gonna let everybody go see you it. You have seen it. Donnie's seen it twice. Okay, so all the black people in the room have seen it. Are <laughs> uh, oh, you have seen it? Heller. You're not gonna see it. Yeah. Oh, and Heller's seen it. Heller saw it with me. Though, well, so. you're like you know. Yeah. Heller saw it with me. No. No. I. No. We don't okay, have to. Do you, you want to spoil it? I don't want you to, but so you, you guys I'm saying, I, Game of Thrones. My, my read. Well, I mean, that Game of Thrones is a little different. Like, if we spoil yeah, early true. episodes of Game, Game of Thrones, I, like, I Game say, of Thrones has been out for 10 years. It's kind of yes. on you if you were, like, trying to avoid spoilers. So that's a little, that's, yeah. you know. That's what I'm saying. That, that's on, that's, no, my read, no, no, no. My read was was just to tell everybody to go see it. We'll right. talk about it no, next week. we will excuse you from the room if it's, it's not a date. Okay. Wait, are you talking about it? Yeah, we're, we're going to talk, talk about, about it. We're going to talk about it? All right, okay. So we're allowing John Hill to leave because we don't want the movie to be ruined. Ashley's Ash also going like, to leave. Ooh, That's we fair. the room out for the Us right. review. All right, I mean, now. Jordan Peele has that power. I mean, we're we going we to talk about it All now. right, well, uh, we'll give it two good knocks when you can return. <laughs> Ashley's, Ashley on the way out. It hasn't even been out one week. <laughs> I mean, this is just like if you're going to support the culture, at least what you got to do. All right, just kidding. We're actually not going to spoil it. Uh, if you want me and Brandon's review, we're posting it as a bonus clip. Yes. Um, but our overall feeling that is crazy good. Crazy good. We're working on our rating system for the yeah. podcast, but right now we're giving it a crazy good. I actually give it like a uh, a crazy good plus. Crazy good plus. I like it plus. Because I yeah. think it's I think it's better than you think it is. Yeah. No. It's, and it's, it's I would say a crazy all right plus. Like like if you were to say like medium or medium plus, I'm giving it a, I'm giving it a medium plus. I'm giving it a crazy good plus. Okay. To make it as complicated as possible for to tell you how yeah, I feel about it. And we'll follow it. We're going to yeah. get this down to a science. Yeah. 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 Listen to the review. Find out what we really feel. <laughs> Thank you for that, Heller. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate uh, fiance Earl Watson yes. coming in. And, and friend uh, of mine. Dropping, That's my friend. Yeah. And <laughs> dropping, dropping some knowledge for us. Uh, make sure that you subscribe on YouTube at the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast and follow us on our pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Newman Show 99. Joy Taylor Talks. Flex, right. uh, thanks for joining us this week. Share, comment, tell All your that. friends. Um, we appreciate the love and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Oh.